You know what? People won't believe me if I don't ask you this uh, before we start going here, but can you prove that you are, in fact, an Irishman? Uh, I can speak. I, 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 I'm a fluent, I'm a fluent uh, Irish speaker. means, uh, how are you? I hope you're well. We'll totally take that as proof here. Lois and Clark is our jail. We're talking about Terry Dean and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. What a show! Welcome back to Lois and Clark, to everybody. I know it's been a while, but but thanks for joining in. Uh, I am Matt Truex, and uh, that uh, wonderful voice you've just been hearing uh, is my uh, good friend Alan Burke. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Uh, as they say in Sleepless in Seattle, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, just to give our little backstory here, and then I want to hear about your kind of backstory with the show and whatnot. Sure. But we've been contacted, or, you know, back and forth online for years now. You yeah. got in touch with us pretty early on as as a fan of the podcast and a fan of the show. You and I now moderate a Lois and Clark group together so we should we talk do. about that yeah, on facebook you do. know and uh and by moderate i mean i i you do all the work and i eventually occasionally well, accept work, people the work, <laughs> the work is minimal <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's a very it's a very small group but um, it's it's a weird badge of honor though for me to say like oh yeah i moderate a lois and clark fan group and that's all that's all your fault so i'm very appreciative <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean this has been a long time coming getting you on the show so uh, before we jump into this here we've got a great episode to discuss but what brings you to Lois and Clark man um well I suppose I was always a a huge huge Superman fan um growing up as a kid in Ireland I live in Ireland and um back in the late 80s and early 90s um I really thought that I was probably the only fan of of Superman um and obviously, like most people of, of our generation, I was introduced to it through the Christopher Reeve movies um, okay. on VHS from my, my local video store. Um, the, the the four movies, which I rented repeatedly, like I'm sure a lot of people did back in the day. And then I remember uh, a vivid memory I have. I remember uh, circa 1993, 1994 here in Ireland. I remember sitting in my in my grandmother's dining room or having a family dinner. And my aunt turned to me and she was like, did you see the the new Superman show that was on TV the other night? Mm-hmm. And I was I I couldn't get my head around this. I was kind of like <laughs> Superman show. I mean, they had the movie on TV, and you know, she was like, no, no, it was a show. It was a different thing altogether. You know, the new Superman, new Lois Lane, and I, I my my brain couldn't I couldn't wrap my brain around this <laughs> at all because as far as I was I was concerned, Christopher Reeve was Superman. Right. There was no comic books. There was no um, you know podcasts. Obviously, at that time, there was no animated shows that I was aware of. And I remember running into the, to the living room of my grandmother's house and, and flicking through what we call the RTE guide, or what we used to call the RTE guide, which is basically the Irish version of TV guide. Sure. And flicking through it and, and seeing, oh my God, there is a show, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. And I'd missed it. And I was crestfallen. And I remember <laughs> flicking through the, the book, the, 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 the guide, and just to see if there was a repeat. And my God, there was a repeat a couple of nights later. And I remember sitting down with my dad and the pilot came on. And it was that, you know, the, the 
it was like the cheap TV intro on the pilot. It wasn't the the standard logo. Yeah, where it's just kind of the logo over th- with the orchestra over it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just the logo and the orchestra, and you know, it faded away, and you know, Dean Cain came on, and it was a, a Superman I had never seen before. And for the next four years, I was just addicted to the show, absolutely addicted. And over oh, the last twenty five so years, I've just really kept with it. You know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a show that doesn't have much love. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have a Blu-ray release and it never got much merchandise releasing. And, um, you know, I mean, even Dean and, and Terry didn't feature in the in the recent crossover or anything like that. But right. uh, it's 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 always been very dear to me. And I think that fans of the show uh, always keep it close to their hearts. It was such a, just a, a magical couple of years. Um, and you know, the, the, the characters have really just stayed with me over the, over the last 25 years. And, you know, I, I love it as much today as I did back then, despite looking back and, you know, seeing obviously it has shortcomings and the, and the, the you know, the certain issues that it, it did have, but you know, it'll always be one of my favorite versions of, of, of the character. That's so awesome to hear, man. Cause like the, yeah. watching this episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Tempest anyone. Um, but like just to speak to what you just said watching this episode I, w- I was kind of the same as you I- I'd knew- known of Superman before but I learned the myth really through this show yeah. and and like you said watching it back like you know this podcast itself is is all about loving and ripping the show apart you know so well, like I mean I-, I hadn't watched the show in a couple of years by the time um, I-, I found the podcast and-, and then when you know the podcast I started listening to the episodes and went back and revisited the show and I watched a couple of episodes with my wife who I torture uh, when I <laughs> yep. to watch Lois and Clark The New Adventures of Superman 25 years you know she, she didn't uh, she watched it originally but very very kind of you know if it was on it was on that kind sure. of way um, like a but, normal person as opposed yeah, to yeah like she's yeah. a normal person she's you know she's into <laughs> sport and she's into you know n- normal normal things mm-hmm. uh, unlike me but um yeah, it's 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 just uh, there's something magical about the show, um, and I'm not sure what it is. Um, you know, be it the characters, the chemistry between the leads. Um, I genuinely believe that Lois and Clark has some of the best Superman casting of all time. I mean, Lane Smith. Oh my God! Yeah. As Perry White, John yep. Shea is by far my favorite Lex Luthor. I know some people will go with Michael Rosenbaum and that, but um, John Shea. I think there was a real menace there to, to John Shea. Um, you know the 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 Kent's um, Kay Callan and Eddie Jones, everybody was was superb. You know, and yep. there was just something really homely about it. Um, it always felt when you sat down and watched it, it was like a comfort blanket. And um, even now, um, I mean, I'm a I'm a police officer, and um, even now, just you know, after a bad night or a bad tour, or, you know, a bad week, whatever, there's something about just sitting down, putting on an old episode. And just allowing yourself to be lost in it for an hour, and it's it's still as magical today as it was back in the back in the mid nineties. That's that's so cool to hear. Like, I, obviously, I don't go through anything that you go through as a police officer, but it, it's the same thing to me. And it was what struck me watching this episode, where it's just like we can make fun of, we will make fun of some of the production <laughs> stuff of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but at the core of it, and and we've discussed this kind of on on the Facebook group, which is uh, for the record, Lois and Pro- Clark, uh, the legacy on Facebook. If anyone's listening to this and has not joined yet, please come, come check it out. Yeah. And, and the more people who, who, who'd like to join, I mean, it's a small group. I, I set it up a couple of months ago. Um, and I, basically what had happened was I started going to, to comic cons a couple of uh, years ago and I met a good yeah. friend of mine, Rob O'Connor, 
And Rob is a huge fan of the show and he was literally the only uh, real human person that I, I met <laughs> in, you know, in the real world who was a huge fan of the show. And we spoke about it quite a lot and we had a lot of discussions about it. And then I had a, another friend, Jeff, and we spoke about it a lot online. And I just thought to myself, you know, um, all the groups that I, I saw were inactive. I said, we'll set up a group and maybe we'll have some, you know, some chats, some late night chats or whatever about silly things like, you know, who's your favorite Jimmy Olsen and, and, and that kind <laughs> of stuff. But uh, and it's it's been great. You know, it really has been yeah. great over the last couple of months. It's been a great outlet for, for, for discussion and that in relation to the show. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yes, it, 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 it's it's discussions like that a the the fun stuff the who's your favorite jimmy olsen but like we've gotten into and you've started on that group a lot of nice discussions about like how the show kind of honored the superman character and i think there's a lot of that is on display in this episode so it's been so nice to a chat about that just you know uh, casually online with you and now we get to jump into yeah. it here, but it's it's really the the group has been so much fun for that type of thing. Talking about how Superman is is a bit of an emissary, and you know does so much good work besides the super stuff that he does, and the the way that the show yeah, hits on yeah. that. Yeah, over the last over the last twenty five years, I I really have become a a, a bit of an aficionado about the the legacy of Superman in general, um, and a collector of the the original comics and that kind of thing. Mm. And what what I find really fascinating about this particular episode of Lois and Clark is, and it it doesn't get the credit for it, but it really is an example of one of the earliest earliest um, steps into the concept of a multiverse in in, yes. in the DC universe um, I know it was touched upon before in um, an episode of Superboy uh, which is a show that I'm not too familiar with we didn't really have it here um, same here this really was an er- this really was a, a step into the in, into the multiverse which you know over the last couple of years and which over the next coming years um, is going to be a huge element of both DC and Marvel movies um, mm-hmm. So it's it, you know that's something that Lois and Clark there is a couple of things that that Lois and Clark achieved back in the day um, that it doesn't get the credit for that it, it deserves. But this is this is this is definitely um, noteworthy in respect to that to that into the into the crossing from one world or one dimension into another. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And and there's some we'll get into it, but like the, it's clearly whoever or the people that that wrote this episode, which by the way, it's uh, written this Tempest, anyone right before the wedding season three written by John McNamara and directed by Winrich Colby, John McNamara, who was a producer throughout the show and clearly had some comic book love here. Cause we're getting references like Lana Lang and even stuff like Carlin street. Like yes. there's a lot of, of um, the the nerd references in here for those that want to find it, you know, it's so you can tell that it's made with love, and we don't go so far as to call it Earth Two, but that is a hundred percent the concept that they're playing with through here. Absolutely, and you know, even the fact that um, just you, you mentioned there, um, Winrich Colby, who's you know a, a great kind of eighties nineties TV director, mm-hmm. um, th- he would be famous. I, I know him best for he he filmed the what, what I, I think is one of the best. TV finales of all time was um, All Good Things, which was the Star Trek The Next Generation. I was going to say, there's finale. a lot of Star Trek in his name, yeah, a lot of Next Gen. Yeah, yeah, and, th- you know, that's that's to this day known as one of the, the best series finales of all time, so, you mm-hmm. know, a great director, but, um, it, yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of love, you can see it in, in this episode from, from the very get-go, you know, like you said, Lana Lang, who we've never 
seen or heard of before in the show. Um, I know we went back to, to Smallville previously um, and we met, you know, past girlfriends of, of Clark, the, that sheriff, I can't think of right, the Right, yeah, the name. cop. Yeah, I forget her name. Yeah, well, I, I always kind of thought it was Lana when I was younger. When I watched that episode, I, I kind of thought of that. I know, I know in hindsight it wasn't, because I know they say her name and it's, it's not Lana Lang. Um, but yeah, you know, th- there was a lot of love in the episode. You could see it. You can see it even now when you're watching back. You can see the, the effort that was made. A hundred percent. And and it just kind of, this is an episode for me that fires on on all cylinders. Um, yeah, the the only the only critique I think I would have of it when I, I watched it there, um, I, the last time I watched it was about a fortnight ago. I watched it, you know, preparing for this. Um, it probably would have benefited from maybe being a, a two-parter, I thought. Maybe, the, you know, there was so oh, much I'd potential that, here. absolutely. Yeah, that maybe a two-parter. It, I, I remembered it being um, a little bit more epic than it was. I, I, th- I thought it was kind of wrapped up fairly quickly towards the end, which is, you know, you know that's just a, 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 um, an issue with a lot of 90s television. Um, sure. But uh, I thought a, real, a two-parter here would have, been, would have been fantastic. But, yeah, the concept is great and the story executed is great you know what they managed to do with 44 or 45 minutes is is phenomenal i i couldn't agree with you more so b- before we get into specifics here uh let me do a little something new for the show which i'm just going to give us a summary of the episode for anyone that that's a little fuzzy on it or hasn't seen it in a while and then we can kind of just jump into you know like categories characters whatever we want to talk about here um Perfect. so let, let's jump in here we start on a regular day in Metropolis as Lois and Clark take a stroll down the street talking about the wedding invite list, which is solid except for the fact that Clark recently ran into his high school girlfriend, Lana Lang. Clark doesn't feel like it's a big deal to invite her, but Lois is not having it. Saved by the bank alarm, though, as Clark superheres and speeds off to save a day. Uh, and just when you think that Lois is going to have a normal day, Tempest comes out of nowhere and steals her away to a world where she is dead. H.G. Wells, too, shows up and finds her and gives her the download on the season two episode she can't remember and brings her up to speed on the fact that she knows a dead author and a time-traveling madman. Wells explains that Tempest has brought them to this mad, mad, mad metropolis where Tempest and Perry are running for mayor, guns are sold at the grocery store, and there is no Superman. They head to the Daily Planet, where Lois quickly outs herself to Clark and goes about trying to make him Superman, despite this world's Lana Lang, excuse me, Lana Lang, not being all not being about his heroics at all. Eventually, Wells gets kidnapped by Tempest, and Lois winds up in a death trap, blindfolded on the on a building ledge, and Clark comes to her rescue. Then the hard work of making a superhero begins, uh, while we learn why Clark. Uh, never became Superman, i.e. not having the Kents or Lois to guide him. But Lois makes him a suit and teaches him the ropes right before Tempest and Perry debate on live TV, where Tempest outs Superman as Clark Kent, frames him for bringing a bomb, and almost kills him with kryptonite. Thankfully, though, the day is saved and Tempest is revealed to be a coward and a sham. Earth 2 Metropolis elects Perry as their mayor, and Lois heads home with Wells with a deeper appreciation for her Clark and the love that he has for her. Um, I remember as a kid being so jazzed when I saw Tempest for the first time, because I was watching these in rerun order and, and, you know, it's well documented on this show, but Tempest Fugitive is my favorite episode of the series. So the fact that they were going back to that well made me so excited. 
Um, do you share a similar love for Tempest as a whole? Or what are your feelings on our, on our Lois and Clark specific time traveling madman here? Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't love Tempest? Um, in, a, in, a, in a world where, uh, like, my relationship with the um, villains of Lois and Clark is a tumultuous one. Um, <laughs> they've got some villains perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Lex, obviously, being a, being a prime example. Um, they did a half decent job with some of the the very few comic book villains that they brought in. Sure, your um, metallos, your yeah, the, you yeah. know they, they made an, they made some kind of an effort, and then they a lot of the original villains, you know, were kind of touch and go. But yeah. Tempest, Tempest, where did he come from? Um, how did they come up with this guy? You know, the casting. The, uh, is it Lane Davies who was just so good? Uh, it's I. Uh, they, it was lightning in a bottle with Tempest and um, the fact that, you know, he wasn't a pre-existing character, that he's he's just so enjoyable to watch on screen. You want to see him again. You're kind of disappointed when he loses sometimes, which I think <laughs> is a mark of a great character. Um, he's just so likable. I mean, even in this episode, his very first scene where he introduces himself to Lois and she can't remember who he is and he whips off the glasses and he goes, how about now? You know, and so good. he, he kind of sniggers and says, you know, private joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. Um, and yeah, that, that, you know, I love the first episode that he appears in. Um, everybody remembers the, you know, you know, the most galactically stupid woman and, you know, the, the <laughs> does. And, Duh. But yeah, he's just, he is fantastic. He is, I, uh, you know, I don't think you could hate a, a Tempest episode. He's so good. I'm right there with you. Like, lightning in a bottle is a perfect way to say it. Because, like, you know, the, the writing on the show does fluctuate. But I, I really don't know if it was just the perfect actor came to interpret this really, really arch guy. Like, I, I wonder what it would be like. And now I'll never be able to do this. But, like, to read one of those Tempest scripts without knowing that it's him. Because, I, I, you know, I don't know. I can't tell sometimes if it's just if it's just his performance or if it's really good on the page too. But when, when you, when you watch, when you watch Lane Davies, and I don't know Lane Davies from anything else. No, me I, neither. I, no, he's like popped up on a few episodes of things I've seen, you know, but like nothing as meaty as this. No. And I have, a, I, have I have a very, very vague memory of around the time when I saw Tempest appear on Lowe's and Clark going, Oh, that guy, because I think he was on an American soap opera. That was yep. broadcast over here at the time, kind of, you know, early in the morning. Um, American soap operas aren't too popular over here. But um, <laughs> I remember he was definitely in something like Santa Barbara or something like that. Um, it, you might be right. Like, I have vague memories of this, too. And vague memories of, like, my grandparents flipping through the channels and be like, oh, my God, Tempest. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like... I don't know if he... I've never heard an interview with a man. I've never seen him at Comic-Cons or footage of him at Comic-Cons. I don't know if he goes. But um, when you watch him, if he's not loving every moment that he's playing Tempest, then he's a much better actor than I give him credit <laughs> for because he looks like he's having the time of his life. Uh, yes. He looks like he's loving every second of it, just hamming it up, and he looks like he's having the time of his life playing this part. Uh, beautifully said. I, and yeah, no, I mean, like, it, just to say this publicly, like him and Terry Kaiser, um, H.G. Wells 1, are are so like a big get that I'd love to have on the show one day. There's nothing uh, I've never I've never heard of him being interviewed. I've never seen him being interviewed. 
you know, you can, you can see some footage on online of, of John Shea at certain Comic Cons, mm-hmm. um, of him and Dean at certain Comic Cons. But I've I've never seen anybody interview Lane Davis before in relation to in relation to Lois and Clark. No, um, I know he did some of the folk. Uh, or w- at least one of the folk um, fests, you know, like he came to talk to yeah. fans in, in a ballroom basically one day. But uh, no, same here. I, I He feels like this undiscovered gem. And because yeah. of what you were saying, where this is just kind of the wayward child of the Superman franchise, this and Superboy, people yeah. don't quite know as well, except for those of us that are just like, no, that's Tempest, you know, that guy's important. Yeah. Even if I saw him now, you know, I, I don't even know what Lane Davies looks like in, in 2021, but even if I saw him now, it would just be older Tempest. Um, right, right. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's going to, he's, he'll always be synonymous with that part for me. Um, and the only, the only downside is I know that, I think they had him on four times. Was, was he in four episodes? I think it was. Let, yeah, let's do this real quick. So Tempest Fugitive season two, just this Tempest Anyone season three. And then season four is the only one that I'm a little shaky on, you know, as far as admiration is um, uh, soulmates where they're kind of jumping from like is Tempest has cursed Hood's them. Z- yes, Zorro. exactly. Before they can have sex, basically, they have to vanquish Tempest in all these yeah. different realms. I, 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 I but then I, we I get the two parter. Co- Sorry. Yeah, I think I might have made a comment earlier who could hate an episode with Lane Davies in it, but I do hate that episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's got Terry Kaiser back, too. I want to love it so badly, but... Yeah, it's um, just but then a little he, bit too much. But then he comes back and totally redeems himself, as far as I'm concerned, in the John Doe, t- um, you know, Tempest for President episodes, oh, which I think episodes. are just... Yeah, fantastic Oh, good. Um, I also think something that this episode does really well is... Like, again, Lightning in a Bottle, you could say that that first Tempest episode and Wells episode was a fluke. But even with a different actor as Wells, and forgive me, I don't know this actor's name, but obviously it's not Terry Kaiser. Even with a different actor, like, that chemistry between these two characters is so cemented here. And for me, like, maybe, maybe it's, maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but like, it's not... It's not sequelitis to me of like, we did this once and here we go again. It's, it's a different turn on it. They've got different, a bit of a different dynamic where Tempest is in control yeah, in a different wonder, way again here. It's, it's so fun. I wonder if Tempest had been played by another actor, would he have returned at all? I mean, was it the fact yeah. that Lane Davis was so likable and so good and such a hit with the fans of the show that they brought him back? Um, I imagine a lot of it had to do with Lane Davis in the part, uh, resulting in him coming back um, oh, totally. second, third, fourth time. Um, in relation to the H.G. Wells um, actors, do you know why they recast for this episode? Because I wasn't able to find a reason. No, I only just assumed that... that I mean, because it doesn't seem that Terry Kaiser wouldn't have done it, because obviously he yeah. comes back again. I, I just feel like maybe it was he was busy or something, but no, yeah. like... Yeah. Again, if I could get either of these men on microphone, you know that's the first question I'm getting out of them. You know? Yeah, or even to get both of them at the same time. Which oh, my amazing. God. I'd, I'd explode. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, I love this dynamic. I would watch a whole fugitive-style show of Tempest on the run, you know, where in the world is Tempest with H.G. Yeah. Wells after him. I just love their dynamic so much. Yeah. And it's because Tempest like gets to be Arch and and H.G. Wells just gets to be the, the man of reason the whole time, you know? Yeah, and even I, I said, uh, my wife isn't a, isn't into the 
Superman fandom or fandoms in general. She's she's more of a, a sports nut. But we sat down. She sat down with me when I watched the episode, and she she found it very funny. Um, yeah. She found the she found the the the, the HG Wells Tempest relationship very funny. She really enjoyed the breaking of the fourth wall. Um, you know, he, he makes the line about you know the only thing that would, it, would that would ruin this would be a commercial break. Yes. Obviously, then it cuts to commercial break, <laughs> and you know the the line about um, you know who writes your dialogue, Herb. You know this, you know things like that. So good, uh, yes, yeah. And she really got a lot of enjoyment out of that. So it's not just us. You know, it, it really <laughs> was you know. Like lightning in a bottle when it came to their relationship as well it was, you know it was a, such he's such a good character they're such good characters um you really can't fault them no no and and for whatever reason and i guess it's it's just the mechanics the story mechanics you know of the fact that these are different world stories or time traveling stories um yeah. whenever tempest shows up but at least these first two get to a core of the show and like speak to core aspects of the relationship between Lois and Clark that I feel like we don't get to get to when it's just, you know, magic guy or whatever is happening from week to week, you know, it's something really special about these episodes that, that, and it's nice that they're the herald of that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it always allowed a lot of freedom, I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in, in, in Tempest's first episode. You know, I remember my jaw hitting the floor, you know, when Tempest told Lois in the barn that Clark was Superman. And he oh, same. In, in yes. That, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. You know, this is the moment we've all been <laughs> waiting for. This is it. You know, naive enough at 10 years of age to, you know, that there was going to be some kind of a device used to. Oh, exactly. Same here. Yeah. Um, but even here, you know, to, to bring her to another world, there's so much you can do there that you don't have to worry about the consequences next week. You know, right. um, and, and that's a great, uh, I, I'm sure that's pretty liberating for the writers. And, um, you know, it really allows you to, to delve, into as- delve into aspects of the relationship that you may not get to see on a, on a normal week to week basis in a, in a story that might have consequences, you know? Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, before we get to the Lewis and Clark stuff, too, like just as we we're wrapping up Tempest here, like I love the implication and I wanted to get your take on this, that like Tempest has been at this in this world this earth too, for lack of a better world word for a while. Like his name is everywhere. He's obviously been running for mayor for a while. It's the Tempest guns and groceries store in Metropolis. Yeah. And then I feel like the implication is as well that if, if he didn't kill Lois and the Kents, then at least he might've had a hand in one or both of those accidents. Do you know what, Matt, that, I'm really embarrassed as a as a, a cop. Uh, that literally, <laughs> literally never occurred to me in 25 years. That he, you're suggesting that he could have gone back and killed the Kents and then kill Lois or kill one or the other. That or like so either for me because because there's obviously like I said there's evidence that he's been messing around and he's jumping from time to time grabbing gold and whatnot yeah. like. For me, it's either he found this kind of perfect world for him where he's like, oh, the two things that I don't need to happen didn't happen here. Awesome. Let's sh- set up shop here. Or he found another yeah. world where Superman hadn't happened yet. Or, you know, he went back in time and dealt with that. But I, I, I feel like it's so not textual. So so don't worry. But but yeah, I but feel like there the, might be a version of this where that, that that's is, what happened. That is, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah, that, that literally never occurred to me that he 
could have been responsible for the car wreck that killed the Kens. He could have been responsible for Lois going missing in the Congo. Um, and because we never find out for sure that that, that this universe's Lois ha- has died, I don't think you know. She, no, because she's, she's missing. Yes, because we we um, I mean, like just to jump ahead a season when this Earth Two Clark, you know, saves our Clark and goes home with H.G. Wells for the last time. It's basically implied that H.G. Wells is going to, you know, take his short stop on the time machine and pick up their Lois before she goes missing, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that's, that, that literally, yeah, I'm, I'm still stunned by the fact that I never thought of the fact that the, the, the concept that Tempest might have been responsible for the death of the Kents and Lois, that has literally blown my mind. Um, <laughs> that is, that's a way, that is, that is a much more interesting way of looking at that whole, it makes it so much more sinister when you think right? of it like that. Because you could also like just just like let's just follow that rabbit hole for a second. You could say, well, he probably didn't because why wouldn't he have just killed Superman? But yeah, a he tried that before, so you know, been there, done that. And b isn't it isn't it more sinister if he would rather just kind of take the I don't know take the take the hope out of this man's life yeah, instead of if, before if, he if can you, become a symbol of it. If you go back in time to kill Clark Kent as a baby in 1966 Smallville and you fail <laughs> miserably, uh, I would imagine that, yeah, going back in time, like I would always imagine, well, why didn't you go back? You know, it's like Terminator. Why didn't you go back to the 1700s and kill his right. great-grandparents when nobody could stop him? But obviously, you know, for television reasons. But <laughs> to go back and remove the elements that make Superman Superman... And, and remove them from the equation to remove the Kents and then see what happens. And then, oh no, Clark is still moving to Metropolis. He's still... Right. Um, getting, she could know, still be a problem. Yeah, she could still be a problem. He's going to get a job at, 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 at um, the Daily Planet. Let's remove, let's go back and remove Lois from the equation and see what happens then. And then you, you, you move forward and now he's miserable and he's married or he's engaged to Lana Lang. <laughs> and he's, he's not really, you know, taking the steps that he needed to take to progress to the, to the point of, of, of putting on the cape. That, yeah, that, that's, that's a really, really interesting perspective to, to take on it. And I think I much prefer that to the way that I just presumed he traveled around until he found a, a sad Clark who would never become Superman. <laughs> the best with all possible worlds for Tempest, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe it's headcanon for me, maybe not. But uh, I think it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, no, I think it's great. I think that is that is a that's a great fan theory. I think that is probably one of the best fan theories now in relation to anything like that. That that has literally blown my mind because it makes him so much more evil to have done that. Um, as as the moderator of the Lois and Clark the Legacy Facebook group, um, I, I take that as a high compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, um, let's get to. I mean, like I am always so impressed by this show when. You know, maybe you feel the same way, too, where, like, you can come at it a little jaded some days and just see the wires on Dean Cain or whatever. But then this episode... Especially now as an adult, yeah. Yeah, but, but like, this episode just makes me love their relationship. Like, there's, there's, yeah. no, there's really very little nitpicking that I can do here, and we'll get to it, but, but the way that they portray not only the the importance of the Kents and like hope in his own life to make him Superman, but the they get to the core of what I've always felt this show was about, which was showing that like without Lois Lane, 
he can't be Superman properly. Before she knows about it, he doesn't have that hope of, of what he, you know, he, he really just wants the white picket fence and kids, you know? Like, he doesn't yeah. have that hope to drive for. And then after her, he doesn't have this incredible partner in this bizarre life that he leads. And it, it's just so fun to see that played with in this episode. That's, yeah, that's so well put, Matt. Um, what I like about this version of this this Earth Two Superman is the fact that he is a, he's still a good guy, mm-hmm. you know. He, yeah. He, you know, I know that the Kents instilled in him his moral values and it's you know nature versus nurture and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, he he deep down he's still he's still a really good man. Um, and he, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. He's just he seems this how this Clark is different from our Clark is that this Clark has an issue with self-confidence, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, he's in a, in a relationship which, you know, they don't, you know, n- not to get too dark, but, you know, she's controlling, she's kind of coercively controlling him, you know, she's she's she speaks down to him and she berates him in front of other people and he kind of, you know, puts up with it because he doesn't have the self-esteem to stand up and and um, and to stand up for himself. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, he, he slunks off into a into an alleyway. He still does the right thing. He still he still goes and helps people, but he, he kinda does it from a from a position of uh, low self esteem and, you know, lack of confidence. And I think that goes to show what the Kents and later Lois really instilled in him was that confidence to be the man that he he was destined to become. Yeah, no, couldn't agree with you. Like they're his they're his safety net. And especially I think when, when R. Clark starts grappling with the I can't be Superman, I can't be there for everybody. Yeah. Um Which it, happens it, really early in yeah. the season. That's it's episode two or three that he you know, when that time that Lex um blackmailed him. Mm-hmm. And he really, you know, he was he was ready to, to give up and quit. And if it wasn't for, you know, other people, the people that he surrounded with himself, he wouldn't have become the Superman that we all we all came to love over the over the four seasons. Yeah, no, it, it, it's just it's so again, you, you can you can write this show off as as a fan of Superman as fluff. But like it, it is undeniable yeah. how 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 centered that relationship, the Lois and Clark relationship really is in the show and, and proof of how important it is to Lois or to Superman as a myth so much so that like it's, we'll see what it's like. Maybe by the time this episode's out, we have already seen a pilot, but like it's telling to me and it gives me hope that the new show we're about to get has Lois in the title still. Yeah, that's great. You know, and, and who knows what version of that we're going to get. I've enjoyed both of their performances so far. Um, putting uh, Superman I, first I, I, is an interesting sign of where things are going. But but yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoy both their portrayals so far. I know we've seen um, um, Lois a lot less than we've seen Tyler Hicklin's Superman over the over the couple of years on the CW. Right. Um, I have issues with the universe in general. <laughs> I, I, Whatever I, do you mean? I, I I maybe it's just because I, maybe I'm just an old man now. But I I, I miss. 
90s TV where you could literally sit down and watch an episode and it was self-contained. You know, a lot of the episodes nowadays, you've kind of, it's all one big overarching story. Right. I love What I love about Lois and Clark is you can say, you know what I'll do? I'll watch the one where they went back to Smallville in the 60s. Right. Or you know what I'll do? I'll watch the one where she, you know, eats the frog. She gets the powers. Yeah, she gets Yeah, she I'll watch the, the Ultra Woman episode. You know, I'll watch... Um, with those shows, I find that it's um, you don't have that as much. It's you know, it's episode fourteen, episode fifteen, episode sixteen. The story progresses slowly over time. Um, I think maybe audiences have moved, and again, you know, I know they're not built for people pushing forty like myself. Um, they're built for younger generation. Uh, so maybe it's just me in my old age, but I, I think that the 24 episode season arcs are a bit bloated now compared to what they were before. Um, I would much prefer uh, seasons of te- television now to be maybe 10, 13 episodes of good quality writing rather than so much filler. I find there's so I've, I've pretty much given up on all those CW shows, but I will absolutely tune back in for Superman and Lois. I, there's no Superman show that I won't I won't um, try. No, yeah, um, and I, Same I really here. because I I really like him. I really loved the hopeful portrayal that that, and I know we're getting off topic here, but I really loved the hopeful portrayal of Tyler Hecklin in the Supergirl series, um, especially in his first couple of appearances. It was so refreshing to go back mm-hmm. to uh, what felt more like a Christopher Reeve, Dean Cain, hopeful Superman, and I really hope that they bring that forward into the new series. I couldn't agree with you more, and, and um, I also really. Just to pick out something you just said there, I really like that you acknowledge that we are not the target audiences no. for this show. You know, no, and, and we're not. I I I watch that because I get so jealous watching the Marvel TV stuff right now or Star Wars, and I'm like, why can't we have this? Like, this is so yes. it feels so rich. But then I remember, yes. like, as a kid, neither of us at ten years old would be complaining about the arcs or you know how the stories no. are like we it, the no. same way that we, i was watching this going like oh my god she's eating frogs this is crazy you know like yeah, there was no you know as an adult if lois if um lois and clark came out now with modern actors you know actors of today playing the parts and it was exactly the same show i'm sure i would have definitely tuned out by by the time she started eating the frogs you know right. because yeah, no, you know, I get it's, it. exactly. it's it's there's there is a heavy nostalgia um love for the show the, the you know nostalgia plays a big part in why i love it so much but what you said earlier about the relationship between Lois and Clark in it, between Dean and Terry, their chemistry, the chemistry between, like, I really believe that Perry White loves Lois Lane, like that he is, he sees her as his daughter, that he loves Jimmy Olsen, um, that he sees him as, you know, the son that he never had. Um, And you can tune into Lois and Clark and kind of go, oh, I I have a, a, a friend of mine, Neil, and Neil watched it originally live at the time. And uh, he basically tuned out when in the pilot episode when he started wearing all the different suits to Bonnie Tyler's, <laughs> sure. you know, <laughs> the fashion show hero. montage. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, no, this isn't this isn't the Superman that, you know, this isn't Christopher Reeve. I'm, I'm not I'm not into this. And you could you could superficially look at it like that. Um, but you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think you're doing the show a disservice because there's so much heart in the show. Um, it's so underrated and it really does irk me the fact that it really doesn't get the love that it deserves um, in terms of 
merchandising or or you know references in other shows things like that it's yeah. it's it really did it, i mean dean kane was the 90s superman and this show was the flag bearer you know this show and and the animated series were the the torch bearers of superman throughout the 90s um and it would be nice to see them get the respect that they deserve because they really were at, at, at a deeper level they were human shows you know they were yeah. it wasn't a show about superheroes it was a show about relationships and the relationships between people between children and their parents and and you know um men and women and employees and bosses and stuff and it was it was it really is a, a great a great tv show and a great um look into into people's lives and the relationships that they have I couldn't agree with you more and and, and speaking to that like let's, let's pivot off what you're saying there with the heart of the show um and and like we've been talking about the whole time, like th- this kind of other world story lets you see the different side of things. Like, yes, no kidding. Perry White loves her because even in this weird world where like Jimmy runs the planet and Perry is running for mayor and has to like call him Mr. Olsen or whatever, like it is so it feels like our Perry again when Lois walks in and you just see this man light up at the, at the thought of her you know, being back in his life. It's so, it's so beautiful that, that same thing that they do with Clark, right? That like, yes, things are changing, but at the core of this, you know exactly who this person is. Absolutely. It is still Perry White. Um, I don't know that we get that with Jimmy, although I guess we do, because Jimmy's very quick later on to accept Superman and Clark as the same person and a good guy, right? Yeah, I, 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 uh... Yeah, that that might be because the time of the episode was running out, though. Yeah, there's that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was kind of a, oh, you're an alien. Oh, okay. Um, well, welcome welcome to Earth, and, you know, right. it's perfectly fine. And, you know, you see should get one of those suits, Clark. Mr. White. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, no, like... Like I said, you know there are shortcomings, obviously, with it. But the, the nobody watches Lois and Clark or loves Lois and Clark for the for the special effects, which, to be fair, for the nineties, were up there. You know, you know, yeah. it's, it's dated now, but at the time, you know, on the budgets that they had, they did a pretty good job with I, the things that they accomplished. I agree with you. Like them flying in the clouds, we get a few of those in this episode. Like yeah. never looks good for whatever reason. But yeah. her falling off that ledge and it's like yeah. a whole three D building street environment, you know, as she's whooshing down. I couldn't remember honestly if it was reused from the top copy episode. But Possibly. either way, it still looks that like looks good to me. You know, in, in the, the yes, it's fake. Uh, I presume but it were, looks those good. were matte paintings of the city. They are kind of uh, you know in the distance and, and that behind the building when she was standing on the ledge. I presume they were kind of a, a, some form of a matte painting and that. But I even I commented on that when when my wife and I were watching it, and you know, um, I think there was there was one small shot where it looked a little bit, but overall, like twenty five years later. Right. Um, it really, it really did hold up very, very well. I thought. I, I agree with you. Now, I've got a question for you. How did you watch this show? Was it on DVD or, or like digitally? Oh, DVD. It is okay. Absolutely not available digitally in Europe. Um, oh, really? Oh, that's no, a bummer. No, no, it's not. And even on, I'm not even sure if it's available on DVD in Europe. I definitely got my box set shipped over from the states. Okay. Um, a couple of years back. Um, 
because for years I I was one of those guys who recorded it on VHS um, the tapes every week um, during the reruns I, I recorded it and I had those tapes for years and then obviously I upgraded to DVD but um, yeah I, I basically have I have I think I have two of the box sets I have them individually you know season by season sure. and then I have the I have the complete series as well oh good okay cool so I, I, this is a weird thing, and, you, and if you don't remember it, it's totally fine. I ask because I've been watching them digitally lately just because it, it's just easier to keep them on my tablet and whatnot. But there are some times in later episodes where sound effects specifically for super speed and, like, laser vision are gone. So when he whooshed in to save Lois when she falls off the ledge there... The version I had had no sound effect to it. It's the most jarring thing in the world. Did you notice this? No, I definitely had okay. sound. I definitely had the sound. I gotta effect start watching on, the DVDs DVD. again then, because I remember the only thing how, and how I remember is because uh, maybe and again this is to to my old man eyes, my my thirty six year old eyes watching it. I was like. Oh my God, if he caught her at that speed, he would absolutely kill her straight away. <laughs> he literally flew into her like a train. And yes, the man you know, of steel like, himself. It, it, yeah, and just yeah. Fl- shot up with her. And I remember going, wow, yeah, that absolutely would have killed her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely had the, the, the sound effect um, when I watched it on the, on the, on the footage, on, on the uh, discs. Okay, um, then, but I'd, I, then that, I'd love to get it on streaming over here. I'd love to get it in, in in another form that I could just play it wherever I wanted. But no, we never got the the DC um, Universe app over here, and I, I think that's kind of been disbanded now in the states. It, it is officially dead now. Like before yeah. the DC Universe, I had bought them on on iTunes over here, and I'm back to that now because. We we lost we lost the DC universe at, or now it's just comics because a lot of the shows like I've never seen I, my friend Rob O'Connor um, sent me uh, the links to the Superboy show and I watched a couple of episodes but to be honest it, uh, I struggled with it big time when I watched uh, watched you know I, I can see why yeah people, you've done more than me on that show so good for you yeah <laughs> I watched I kind of watched a couple of the what, the highly recommended episodes and, and you know it did have you know the the, the one where they went to a, there was an episode where they went to another the universe as well and there was basically the red sun superman living there and um oh wow yeah it's very it's very dated it's uh, i struggled with it now all the things that i struggled with with lois and clark now or the people might criticize lois and clark for now are kind of tenfold on superboy <laughs> um but yeah I, I would love to be able to just um stream all that dc contact content all that you know classic dc contact it would be great to just have it at the tip of my fingers but unfortunately not on this island i'm afraid no i understand we, we were spoiled over here in the states for whatever the past two years with it yeah. but now they, they haven't brought any of it really except batman the animated series and um Batman Beyond and the old the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show have made it to HBO Max over here. But ever since yeah. DC, you know, learning that the DC universe was going to go, I've just been waiting for that press release of like, and now we have everything, right? Now you're going to upload it again? Like, give it back. You know, like this, I'm, I'm yeah, jonesing and, for and, it again. And again, like I love, I do love the physical media of it. I love being able to just go up and take it off the shelf. And there it is. You yep. know, there's Lois and Clark, the full collection. And it's the same. Um, with Batman 66 and obviously not as big a fan but you know those classic TV shows um, and it's great to just have them on the shelf that you can take them down and I, I love that and no um, one's going to take w- the sound effects out of them for no w- reason yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would I would give my left arm for a, a Blu-ray release of Lois and Clark, but I really I can't see that happening anytime soon, unfortunately. It's so funny that you've hit on this a few times because literally over this weekend, maybe it was just prepping for this. I, I I was thinking about the show and just realizing like this is how I'm gonna watch it for the rest of my life because they're never gonna like they yeah. they'll stream it or whatever, but they'll never do a nicer release of this. That's such a bummer. But I also I but, like. I do understand why, because the the amount of money it would take and effort for a show that doesn't have as big an audience that yeah, that's I know, just I know detrimental. That, I know that the 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 next generation Blu-ray right. release, which which I own, didn't make money. Uh, you know, so it's if if Star Trek: The Next Generation didn't do well on on Blu-ray, I can't see Lois and Clark doing right. well. But my wife made a great point when I was watching it with her the other day, and I was kind of lamenting about this again because the big thing with me, I was like, oh, I wish I had the Blu-ray. I wish I was going to get the Blu-rays of of Lois and Clark. It'd be great to see it and you know, 4K. Yeah. And my, wife, my wife turned to me on the couch and she kind of said, you know, you're looking at it the wrong way. She kind of said, isn't it nice that you can watch it when you watch it it's the same as it was when you hmm. watched it in the 90s you know it's not yeah. updated the green there is, is the green uh, is still there you know it's and there was something there there is something to that as well like listening to an old record or something yeah no i agree with you like that, that's a very that, <laughs> now you just like melted my cold heart and now i'm like yeah it is nice because <laughs> like yeah i've talked about it a lot but like i i so I love the heart of the show, but even on the episodes where I can't quite see past the wires on Dean Cain, I I just yeah. aesthetically have such a deep love and and I'm yeah. just kind of like baked into the show. Like that's what Metropolis looks like. That that kind of dingy half a globe in front of the Daily Planet is still the coolest thing in the world to me. So yeah, you're right. That is I'm going to look at it that way and from she, now on. That is a nice yeah, thing. That's, and that's she made this great. I was like, you know what? That's that's a great. And I can't claim credit for it because you know. Um, it, it was completely my my wife Stacy's. Uh, uh, that it's what she took away from it. It was like you know, it's like that old record that you you loved listening to when you were a teenager. That old CD, and isn't it better to have that actual physical copy of that CD than the cleaned up digital download version of yeah. it? And if I watch it, I have a young daughter, Alana Jean, and um, if we watch the show, she's I'm, I'm she's only seventeen months old, but still she can mm-hmm. she sings the Batman '66 theme song. Oh, and God bless! That That's amazing. Into. But um, if I sit down and watch it with her, which I'm sure I will at some point, she will watch the old grainy version that I watched when I was ten years of age, and you know she might like it, she might hate it. Um, but it'll be the same version and there is something comforting in that as well so that's a uh, glass half full uh, I'm kind of a glass half empty person my wife is very glass half full so that was her glass half full um, contribution <laughs> well thank you to Stacy because like truly I do like as you were talking that I'm like yeah it is a beautiful like because I mean let's face it like Star Wars fans can't say that unless they've still got their laser nope. discs or whatever you know like that, no, that is no, a nice no. thing genuinely that's um, it and you know uh, the pilot episode of Lois and Clark I, I always the scenes like the scene where he uh, uses his laser vision to um, uh, interrupt the, the, the yeah. digger the, the, the construction work and you yep. can see it before it happens that they're obviously switching to a to a special effects shot because the background kind of changes and you can see it's coming um, but there's something there's something nice about that I think I, no I agree with you and, and if if they did update those it would be a fun way to watch it and, and just like, again, just kind of admire like the work that went into it to update those visual effects. But I'm, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm totally with you now that, that, that it is nice that that special effect still looks the same way and, and throughout the series. The big benefit of it might be that it would attract a newer audience. Yes. Um, a younger well, God, audience. Just put it on HBO Max and it'll attract yeah, you. You know, just, like people would find this again, just yeah. like Smallville did on Hulu over here. Absolutely. And all of a sudden there was this Smallville renaissance of people that hadn't even seen it yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, while we're, uh, you know, for the moment and for the, for the foreseeable future, we'll, we'll just have to make do with our old vinyl version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so l- let's let's get to some some fun stuff here first. Of so all. Tempest, first of Tempest any uh, Tempest anyone everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so b- before we leave Earth Two, we've got to hit on like we've been giving a lot of love to some characters here, yep. but this show did Lana Lang dirty. Yeah, this is not a, like I am a big. I don't. I, I once I, I'd like to get your take on Smallville on the slate, but like I was a huge one of my first crushes ever after Terry Hatcher was Kristen Kruick as Lana Lang on yeah. Smallville. And, uh, and I really loved what they did with that character there. That character is completely absent in this version where she's just that it, you're right. It, it's, and it's maybe a bit of a stereotype, but she's just this kind of controlling, doesn't want Clark to use his powers, keeps him down. Um, it's me. It's my way or the highway type. Oh yeah. Character um, in his life. She yeah, she is not a very nice person um, in this show. And I think it's the only depiction of Lana Lang as not a nice person that I've I've seen. I mean, right, because usually I, they play up the like what they're going to do in Superman well, and there, Lois possibly, right? There's, the, the, there's no way that our Clark would have dated this woman. Um, right, exactly. Even as a teenager, he just there's no way that <laughs> Jonathan and Martha Kent would have would have put up with Lana Lang, this Lana Lang coming back to the house and <laughs> you know um, ordering Clark around. So you know maybe it's a case that this Lana is different than the Earth One Lana, but then we never. Oh, we do. We do get a mention of Lana and Earth One. I was, I was about to say maybe that there is maybe there is no Lana, or maybe the Lana and Earth One is the same type of personality. And Clark never dated her, but sure, the whole premise is that he did date her. Right, um, and there is almost a little bit of like you know, well, you kind of know Lana. She she just kind of inserts herself. I, I forget exactly what the line was, but there is a, a feeling that like oh, he's kind of powerless to stop her. Yeah, and maybe maybe it was a case. Look, in this version, he was the quarterback in high school. Maybe she was the the prom queen. Sure. Maybe yeah. Maybe in just in this version, she wasn't that nice of a person. But yeah, they they definitely did her uh, dirty in this in this show. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting that um, she's a far cry, she's s- a far cry from Annette O'Toole and Superman three. That's oh for sure. God, yeah, of course, Annette O'Toole too. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting. To see that play out, to to then I I do like that, you know, getting to know this version of Lana gives Lois a little confidence to have her to the wedding or whatever later. But this Lana also gives me one of my favorite episode or favorite uh, funny moments in the episode, which is it isn't even her, but she and Clark are out to dinner, finishing up dinner with her parents, and they're all walking out of the restaurant right when he's about to superhear Lois calling for him as she falls. And as Clark, Lana, and her parents come out of the restaurant, you see her mother load a gun and put it back into her purse because this is Tempest's metropolis. And I just think it's this wonderful little detail that that just speaks to everybody, again, kind of on their A-game in this episode. Did you catch that? 
Absolutely not. I never noticed that. Oh, it's never. just go back and watch that scene. And it's not never said, it. you know, they're all doing pleasantries or whatever. Of Just like, yeah, no, I think Tulip's at the wedding. Clark, where are you? You know. And she's loading but a handgun into her She's handbag. loading a handgun and putting it back what in her a, bag. What a nice so little touch. Funny. What a nice. I never, ever noticed that before. Never. I'll have to rewatch that part. I've never, I never noticed that before. I, I think it's just because, so like, it's it's the, the joy of watching it for this show where I just get to go back and be like, yeah. All right, what stupid little thing did they put in this scene that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's great, that's great because I, yeah, I I remember the line where Lana was uh, turned to Clark. She's like, "Oh, you know, Daddy doesn't like it when you're late," and you know, I kind of roll yes. my eyes. And but yeah, no, I never noticed that that she was loading a gun leaving the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Very, no, that's great. Um, I'd also like I'd like to speak to the we we talked about a lot about how this. Sh- this episode kind of highlights the importance of of our our Lois and Clark's relationship, you know, like Earth One, Lois and Clark. But yeah. I really enjoy the tightrope that they walk between our Lois and Earth Two Clark here. Like the like he is clearly smitten with her. He all but asks her to give up her life and stay. And she has to she is she's not rude about it she is very understanding but she's also very firm of like you know he'll say like i i think i love you and like well he does too you know like it, it's just I, that's when not I, the exact line but it's just so nicely done it is it is nicely done and it the way you put it there but the tightrope is is you're 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 spot on i mean i made a note when i was watching it i was a note here that i i wrote uh, would Superman steal someone else's girl? Um, and the answer <laughs> if is if it's Lois, yes. maybe. It's yeah, Lois exactly. Lane, he would. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, at least he's not Superman returns in her. But yes, he's no. He, but he but would it steal is her. it is like maybe they didn't know that we would meet this Clark again. But they don't want to make any Clark seem like a jerk. No, they need to also make it clear how important she is. So he has to fight for her, and she has to be like understanding but not tempted and it's just like either one of them could get shitty here at any second and they do it perfectly here and then they play with it again and and do it again in the in the season four episodes and maybe they get a little over the line almost kissing or whatever but yeah i i think it's so impressive as dealing with these two different versions of these characters that they were able to do this again in a 40 minute episode, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and the, the, the feeling you get from it is that the, the pull, the chemistry is just so strong. The, mm-hmm. the pull for the characters is so strong that it's, it's like they're working against nature to, to stay away from each other. Yes. You know, to, um, and you feel for Clark, you know, his, his, his parents died when he was 10 um, he, he tells about how he, he witnessed the car wreck, Lois, he's never met his Lois before. You know, it, it would be very easy to portray this Superman as, as a bitter Superman, as a dark Superman. Um, you know, even the scene where he's going through um, Lois's wallet, her, her purse, and he's looking at the different photos and there's no badness oh. there. There's no, it's all genuine, you know, you know, does he spend much time with his parents and Lois? Yeah, he just says, wants to know. He, he just wants to know and he's, he's like, that's great. You know, that's great. If, if yeah. my parents were alive, I'd spend time with them. You know, that's great. Um, and it's not a kind of what, you know, the way a lot of people would be of, you know, to heck with that guy. You know, he's had it right. easy. Oh, he got you know? all, everything I wanted. He yeah. got everything and it's harder for me. And, you know, that's not who Superman is. Um, and I think if this was portrayed 
today it would be very easy to put him in a darker suit and give him a bit of a chip on his shoulder and that is not the way to go with superman right. i don't to, think to almost batman the superman a little bit yeah 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 no i i'm i'm right there with you um I also love that, like, apparently just a go-to instinct inside all Clark Kent's are if you see an edible bomb or, like, an, a bite-sized bomb, you should just eat it. Eat it. I laughed. That was a good throwback to the pilot Excellent. episode. Excellent. Yeah, his first appearance, what does he do? Swallow a bomb. Yep, um, and here we go. Like, I just, I think that's just such great, again, just awesome, pitch-perfect fan service yeah. in this episode. If you're a fan of this version of, of them, it's great. It is. It is. It is. It's, it was great. I, I smiled. I smiled to myself. I was like, you know, it's like that meme of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, that, I see what they did there. I see it. I see it. I get yep. it. I get it. I'm in the club. I'm in the club. <laughs> um, now, we'll, now, this is an episode of Lois and Clark. So will you indulge me on some prop talk here really quick? Sure, of course. Always. So I, I love all the signs everywhere. Like what I wouldn't give to have Tempest, you know, guns and groceries over my bed. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't even tell you. Or the Heston um, newspaper. Or the Heston newspaper. Or even like I know a friend of the show, Craig Byrne, has one of the uh, Perry White for mayor signs. Like that's oh, just wow. that's so great. But there there are two weird prop things for me in this episode. One's just a dumb thing, but like. Um, H.G. Wells is working on it, cobbling together a device to figure out where the time machine is and yeah, picks is up really, this thing. really hastily explained. And there's a mention of a flux capacitor in there. I was like, yes, Marty McFly. Yes. Back to the future. What's that about? Is a flux capacitor a real thing? What, what am I, you know? No, uh, but good ear. Cause in season two, it was the flux facilitator. And oh. all of a sudden, obviously, you know, a send up of. Or taking back off to the future, uh, Back yeah. to the Future. But here they just, they forgot and they just did the Back to the Future thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I swear to God, this, this you know, like time machine sensing device is just a tape player. Like it's just an old fashioned, old fashioned 90s tape recorder that they haven't done anything to. But I also understand them not doing anything funky to it because you see it in just this one scene and yeah. it's far from Canada. But I was just watching it like... That's, I want that. That's a Sony, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I also love, and it's a bit of a retcon, but the way they deal with the Superman S in this, the patch on his suit, because it's obviously different from the one we see in season one. Yes. But it also, for me, kind of explains like, oh, no, you know, we just had to do some retcon magic there because this, yeah. this one that we always see him with is the one from Krypton. And that's kind of special to me. Yeah, because the suit that she shows him, I, again, I'm I am a real uh, nitpicker when it comes to continuity. Yeah, let, no, let's do aren't. this. Yes, the photograph that she shows him in her wallet is, I believe, the awful season one suit with what the, we call the Danskin Superman. Yes, the, the low, the low cut. Um, you know, he has the low cut neckline and mm-hmm. the, and the, um, but she obviously sews the season three suit for him. Right. Um, and who knew that Lois could sew, but she can apparently. Um, so there was a little <laughs> bit there, you know, that the, obviously the suits didn't line up and like that, that the, the S didn't line up. I, I mean, I remember asking myself, and it's the same question. You could ask yourself the same question for, for season one of Lois and Clark. Why is Clark wearing glasses at all? Yeah, I, I mean, like the, the best I can do on that is like just to look or to feel more normal. But that is such fanboy justification yeah. that I, I, I know it's bullshit. It's just for my myself. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm right I, there with you. 
and you could you could bring that up for season one, but again, that's just re- that's just very nitpicky on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but that's what we're yeah. here for, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I noticed that about the suit. I was like, mm, tech- you know, technically it would be the season one suit and that, but obviously that probably wasn't a hand or whatever that they couldn't put him into it, and it was a terrible suit. Um, right. But yeah, the, I thought it was a nice throwback that it was basically a, a pa- it was the patch again. It was the the unstitched patch, the, uh, conceptually the same as Martha had taken out in uh, in the pilot episode. Um, right. That was a nice that was a nice throwback. Yeah, now, it would be interesting to see if they actually had the stones to do, like you're saying, to do a season three suit and just put that little tiny felt patch back on it. But it would look so <laughs> strange for a billion yeah. reasons. A, it's just too small, but like just no, having three years of him with that giant S on his chest, it would look so weird if they'd done that. But. And a small thing that I liked was the fact that they slicked back Clark's hair in this. And they kind yes. of reverted to the to the other version where Clark has the the slick back hair and and instead of and Superman has the well I think Superman has slick back hair in this as well but um, I know Clark's hair is normally I know it's a small thing to to notice but the the Clark Kent roughly of the time would have been fairly similar to that look he looked a yep. lot you know he's fairly on point to what Clark looked like in the comics at that point. Um, that kind of TV anchor Superman, that TV anchor Clark Kent um, with the with the slick back hair and the, you know, the cool leather jacket and and that. Um, so I like that. I like the little touches like that that they just try to make him look a little bit different. They changed the glasses. Um, they did a couple of things there. You know, darkened his clothes a little bit just to to, to change things up. So I, I I enjoyed all of that. Yeah, I mean, like not a word we get to say for Lois and Clark very much, but subtle stuff just to kind of separate him even subconsciously in your mind from, from the Clark that we know. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I can't, unfortunately, say the same thing about Lois's hair because my very first note was, <gasps> what is going on with Lois's hair? When, the scene where she's walking down the very start of the street and they're talking about yep. Lana, and I was like, oh, my God, what did they do to Lois Lane? It's just um, so hit or miss this first half of season three, it, like from episode to episode. Especially when it was so on point for the first two years, you know. It, oh, it, it, I love the Bob. I miss yeah, the Bob so much. Yeah, everybody loves the Bob. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Except for no. Terry, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I still don't. I don't, I don't know if there's a, anyone's ever talked about what the decision was there. I assume it was just Terry wanted to change her hair. But yeah, but ugh. yeah, it it was it wasn't the way to go. Um, but yeah, that was just another nitpick of mine. I, I remember as soon as it started because I, I went straight into this episode and it's the first you know the fade from black or the, the, the they come up from the, from black and yep. they're walking down the street and I was like, oh my god. What did they do to her? <laughs> it's one of these <laughs> ones. Yeah, exactly. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I and just as a last tiny little thing for this episode, I, it, I, it's it's nitpicky. So we've said all our love. It is so weird to me how these two deal with knowing or not knowing Tempest in their lives, because. We go back to the present, and now Lois has gotten the whole download and been reminded of what happened by H.G. Wells's just talking to her, basically. So I guess I'll go with that. But then they go back to the real world, and she's with with our Clark, you know, normal Clark again, and he sees Tempest being taken away and and doing his duh catchphrase and all that. And he has a, like, isn't that, was that shit? Was that the? And I'm like, how do you? How, how do, do you know, know who that is? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I twigged that one as well. Um, yeah, it's and it's it makes as much sense as the end of 
um, Tempest Fugitive too, where like, oh, I'll just bring you back before all this happens. So then somehow you'll forget, you know, like it's just kind of timey wimey weird logic. Yeah, because uh, there's there's a couple of things uh, you're talking about. Like if you were to critique the the show or the writing, and I understand that they were pushed for time, but I mean, I was wondering rewatching it. Uh, how did she end up in the cemetery out of the machine? Did he throw her out of the machine? Right. Does the machine fly? You know, she. You know, they leave the alley. <laughs> they don't reappear in the alley in the alternate universe. She's just on her own in in a cemetery in a graveyard, um, and she kind of stumbles up from off screen. So I was like, did he push her? You know, did he? You know, did they right, arrive? Did. And then he put her in a car, and then they drove her over. I I don't know. Um, and then I was wondering how H. G. Wells had found her in the cemetery. Was he just hanging around? Oh, God, I hadn't even thought of that. Did he just happen to be... Was he just visiting Lois Lane's grave? You know, because he doesn't even know that, that, that there's no Superman or he, he hasn't come up with the, with the idea of, of finding Clark, but he was just hanging around the cemetery. I don't know. Maybe Tempest told him that, to be there at a certain time. I, I'm not sure, but just little nitpicks. But, you know, you have to you have to kind of let these things kind of wash over you. You know, you have right. to realize that it's a it's a 40 minute show and they need to get on with it. And there's going to be little contrivances like that. Um, but overall, I think it was it was very well written. Oh, yeah. No, all, all nitpicking. Like I, I this always kind of goes back to me with the moment in the pilot. Where, you know, Jonathan's like, don't you, don't you need to wear a mask, son? I don't think so. And he just whips off the glasses like two or three times. And it's just like, but just go with it. You know, like, that's we all we're going to do. Don't don't look at fans, this too closely, please. Fans, yeah, fans will take any kind of thinly veiled explanation as long as there's something. You know, like that, like that simple line there. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, oh, I suppose you, you're probably right. And then they just forget about it and they move right. on. But that's right. enough. That's and that's enough. the rest of the you know, show is... Although yeah, I, like I do a, love, sorry, go ahead. I, that something something as thin as that would, for me, solve the whole why is Clark wearing glasses in Metropolis thing that I have. Um, just a small line. I like wearing glasses. Right, <laughs> and I, I made it. me feel normal. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and then just to break the world and make fun of the show a little bit, I love the moment where, like, after they've gone out and she's taught him taught. Clark too had to be Superman again, or for the first time, excuse me, they go back to the house and he's like, really? Just the glasses are going to do it? She's like, yep, trust me, no one's going to see it. And then immediately yeah. Lana comes in just like, Clark Ken, why are you so, wearing that? It was just so like, this funny. is so funny. perfect what it should be. Now she's probably, she's probably seen him without the glasses a hundred times, but yeah, so right, funny. Exactly. So funny. So funny. It, it, um, it just is not a magical thing for her in the way that it is for our world, but it's just, it just, but, it tickled me. We just, just, what did you think of that whole um, Lois making the suit and, you know, taking him out for his first flight and the, the, the first save in this universe with the, with the cop and the cool name and the music and stuff? What did, <laughs> what did, you, what did you think of it? Oh, we should talk about the music too. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go back to what you say, where it's just like, we've got a montage to get this done. We know the beats of it. I think it was it was serviceable. Obviously, it's not yeah. like I always want something big. I always want them to save this shuttle like they did in the pilot yeah. or whatever. But like for what they had to do here, I think it's cool. And I love I love the police officer doing the um, Superman. That's a cool name. And like yeah. that's all Clark needed to hear to be like, OK, I guess Just we'll do this. Him, but again, it goes back to my confidence issue. You know, our yeah. Superman oh, never my God. Had, Great point. It never our Superman never had an issue wearing the suit. 
you know, his mother made it for him. And no, it was his idea. It was his idea. And um, I know, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is a scene somewhere where someone criticizes the suit. He's like, my mom made it for me. And, a Tempest you know, Fugitive. Yeah. A Tempest Fugitive. And it's just real, you know, he has the confidence. Clark doesn't have the confidence here. He he needs reassurance that he doesn't look stupid in the suit. That this, You know, that the right. name is... is cool or is you know it's it's a good name or it's a strong name he needs that extra push that our clock never needs you know that is that is a great point and that he gets it he gets it externally here obviously yeah. because yeah. he doesn't have that baked into but him. i agree yeah. with you that that cop i remember that cop uh, i always remember him what even what the actor looks like it, it was a great little scene i thought and i love the music um when they're flying yeah. And this is this is a weird thing. And again, maybe you could tell me if it's the same way on the DVD or not. But the one I have is kind of a like screamo punk rock band doing like a I want to be Superman. But it used to be REM's I Am Superman. That's what I have on the DVD. Okay, it's, it's I, you OEM. know what? I'm done with these. These streaming episodes. I'm just watching the DVDs from now on. <laughs> like that, yeah, that's such a it's, it's Orion's I Am Superman is, okay. is what it is. And it's, 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 it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Song. Oh, like the, the ultimate usage of that song. When else would you do that? Yeah, it's my second favorite um, in-universe song that they use. My, my favorite is one of my favorite scenes in the whole the entirety oh. of the four seasons. Why? And it's it's a scene that uh, it's really underrated, and I don't know why I love it, but I really, really love it. And it's uh, I think it's a season two episode where Clark and Lois are fighting. Uh-huh. Um, they're in love, but they're not talking to each other. I can't remember the reason, and neither of them can sleep. And um, it's a, an unspoken kind of montage where you can see Clark fluffing his pillow when he explodes the pillow. and Yeah, um, the Dan Scardino days, I the, think. The Dan right? Scardino, and they ring each other, but they ring each other at the same time. Right. And they don't get through. And then Clark, she goes for a walk. Clark puts on the suit, flies out the window, and they, they, the, the, song overlay, the, the song playing over it is um, Eric Clapton's Old Love. And it's a beautiful song, and it's just pitch perfect for that scene and that scene has always stuck with me and i'm a huge it's one of my favorite songs um oh i'm gonna rewatch that you made me excited for that again okay cool it's such a great character because there's no there's no talking in it there's no there's no dialogue in the in in the scene it's just two people and they could be any two people and you can you almost forget and then he puts on the suit and you're like oh and he, he flies he's superman <laughs> and he flies out the window and he's flying over the city and then he he sees Dan Scardino and Lois walking into the apartment and he kind of flies away again but yeah it's a, a, a perfect example of what i love about Lois and Clark you know it's it's those yeah. character moments that you you stick with you like i said at the beginning for 25 years you know and i even have that song uh, on my wedding video uh, believe it or oh, not. Oh, that's odd. Oh, see, <laughs> dude, I'm so glad my, we did this. I, I don't think my wife knows where it came from, but that's she doesn't <laughs> need to. She doesn't. Need, <laughs> she doesn't. She's already it. provided us with such such good content for this episode <laughs> without even being on it. So she's she's doing great. Um, n- now that we're, well, first of all, dude, like, gotta have you back on for when I'd love um, it. I'd love it. Uh, I, 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 again, folks should uh, should stick around to the end of the episode to figure out if we're going to be back uh, anytime soon. But um, when when that happens eventually, uh, we should talk because we would love to have you Absolutely. on and talk about an episode, uh, you know, in it's in so, order as we're going. It's so surreal, um, like I said before, to to speak with you to speak with you on the podcast after listening to it for so long. But um, 
Gurav Milamahako, thank you very much for having me. That's uh, Irish for uh, thank you very much for 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 having me here today. Um, it's really been a blast. I've I've any time any. Oh no, this this has been. I've been looking forward to the like. You know, we've been we've had a lot of oh, scheduling issues. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've watched Brexit. this episode a couple times now just to remind yeah. myself. Yeah, Brexit screwed Brexit, up your mic, and you know. Trump, everything has, has yeah. affected me getting on the show, uh, but uh, it's it's been so great to, to to finally get on and and to to talk to you because it's it's great. It's uh, look, Lois and Clark. Uh, from my end to, to wrap up from my end, um, Lois and Clark has had a huge effect on me. Um, growing up, Superman in general, the Christopher Reeve movies, Lois and Clark, Smallville not so much, but um, you know, it definitely led me to choose the profession that I that I chose. My wife is a police officer. That's how we met and we have our daughter now. So it really has the lessons I've learned from the, those films and from the, the TV series, as I, I told Dean Kane when we, we met here in Dublin a couple of years ago, uh, really did affect the way that my life turned out and um, all for the better, thank God. So, you know, I owe a lot to this show. That's amazing. So like just again, this is the first time we've really like talked hmm. to each other like this, but like there was part of me early on that wanted to ask if if you becoming a police officer was anything to do with seeing Superman. And I'm like, no, that's dumb. I'm sure he has other no, reasons, but like, that's amazing. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you, you know, you can edit this out or but I I I remember the exact moment that I decided, and it was, um, I, I come from a seaside town in, in Tremor, outside of uh, Waterford City, and I remember an incident where there was a, a group of friends, and we were all sitting sitting around um, on some grass down by a, a carnival, a local mm-hmm. carnival, and there was a girl there, and I remember some guys walked by, and as they were walking by, they picked up her, her handbag, and they walked off with her handbag, and I saw it, I completely saw it. Yeah. And she saw it and she kind of looked at me to do something and I completely uh, wimped out, completely wimped out, didn't know <laughs> what to do. And I remembered later on that day, I was like, wow, all the times that I've watched these films and the shows and, you know, what would Clark have done? And uh, silly, these kind of thoughts. And I was like, when it came down to it, I didn't have what it took to do something. And I was so ashamed of myself. And that's when I decided I was like, I never, ever want to feel like this again. I never want to be the guy who doesn't have the the guy who sits at home and watches the show or watches the movie or collects the you know reads the books, but then when it comes down to it, just doesn't have what it takes to be the guy. Um, and that's when I, I decided basically that night I was like, yeah, this is I'm definitely going to I'm going to throw myself into the deep end. And if I'm, you know, if I don't have the courage to do the job, I'm going to learn how to do it because I'm going to have to do it every day for thirty thirty years. <laughs> so that's where I am now, fifteen years later. Alan, that's that's such an incredible. Thank you for sharing that. That's an incredible story, and it. it I, I'm I'm obviously not nearly as brave as you, and no, no, picked no, a much no. much stupider <laughs> profession to to go after. But it but it, it speaks to what I've always felt about these characters. Of just like, yeah, you you can learn from these, even as as a stupid fluffy show like this. There's Absolutely. something to be taken from that, and the fact that 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 example brought you into a world of helping people is just so amazing. That's why I hope, you know, I really have not been a fan of, of a lot of the modern interpretations of Superman. And I think it's, it's lost a lot of that hopefulness that the character really needs. And, you know, and that's exactly why it it needs, Superman needs to be Superman. He's not, he's not Batman. He's, he's not the flash. He's not anybody else. He's Superman and he is what he is. And, you know, I, I think the Marvel films 
did it fantastically with Captain America. I agree. He, he is who he is and the world around him may have changed, but he is Captain America. And that's who he is. And I was never a Captain America fan, but I'm a huge Captain America fan now um, because of the Chris, Chris Evans. Same um, here. These portrayal. damn movies got me, got me over. Yeah, absolutely. And if they if they do that with Superman, um, I think it would inspire a lot of, of younger fans and, 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 you know, younger audience members to, to, to carry that ideal forward in, in their own lives the way it did for, for our generation and generations before us. Yep. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. I have, I have hopes for where this Superman Lois show is going, but, but, um, yeah, no, sorry, dude. I'm just still stuck on, on your personal story there. Like I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> thankful that, that you were, uh, that like you were I willing said, to share that. It's, uh, it's uh, been, it's, it's, it's great. My, like I said, my wife is a police officer. Uh, you know, um, we live, we, we live here in Galway in Ireland now and we have a, we have a daughter. Um, so it's, so thank you, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for this fluffy little show that we love so much. And, and thank you, Alan, for joining me on this it's episode. It's been a pleasure. Um, this is going to be the last one that kind of like jumps out of order, everybody, for, for a little while. And uh, again, you'll see why in a second. Um, but uh, Alan, we'll have you back on, of course. Uh, till then, uh, anything you want to plug? I hear you have a Facebook group. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's welcome to join. It's, uh, it's uh, Lois and Clark, The Legacy. It's just a small group. There's about 75, 76 members at the moment. But it's, you know, we try to keep the discussion going. Um, if you're a fan of the show, join. Uh, you're more than welcome to, to to become a part of the community. And um, like this, it's just discussions and, and chats about silly things in a time when people need to chat about silly things and lighten up the mood a little bit. And, you know, it's 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 a great little community. Um, I also run a Facebook group called World of Geeks, which is, again, a, a small community. And it, it deals with more general fandom, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever anybody's into. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that's where you'll find us. Uh, yeah, and you'll find both of us uh, yeah. over there. Um, yeah, you're also, again, just really good at keeping the conversation going. So I'm, I'm very thankful to have that group right now. Yeah. Um, as for I'm me, saying. you can find me on, on all the things. I would like to plug, um, we did that summary here uh, a minute ago. A minute ago, an hour ago. Um, that I stole whole hog from a wonderful podcast called Romcomathon, uh, hosted by Kat and Alex, which you should listen to. Um, if you're listening to this show, they go through, um, the good, the bad and the ugly that, uh, the rom-com genre has to offer with some new like Netflix crap and even like, you know, classics, um, of the genre. So, so check them out and, uh, check me out over on, uh, Always hold on to Smallville every once in a while, and the Always Hold On to Smallville Patreon, where I'm going through every episode of the '90s Flash with host Zach Moore. Um, Alan, I don't know. Did you did you ever check out the '90s Flash show at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I've, was one. I've, I've met yeah. John Ship. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I met him there at Comic Con in Dublin uh, back three years ago. I'm a huge fan. I got a live action um, front cover of the, the the comic that they released at the time, signed by John, who's an absolute gentleman. Um, but yeah, I was a, a big fan as a kid. Um, a local video store used to rent the. You could buy the. They released a couple of episodes as, as almost like standalone TV movies. And I yes. used to rent them regularly as well, not realizing that they were t any part of any kind of a series because there was no series shown over here. And it wasn't until years later that I, I spotted the DVDs. I was like, oh, my God, that was a whole show. Um, I think I was actually I was in Australia at the time and uh, I bought it. And, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show. Very cool. Well, yeah, I, I was 
I didn't know it honestly until till recently, and I just kind of ran through it a year or so ago. But it's it's a crime to me that he never wound up on Lois and Clark at some point. It's just no. And, and to be so fair to the to be fair to the CW, you know they've really treated him with a lot of respect. Oh, in terms so much of love. Their Flash, and yep. even bringing that version, it blew my mind that they brought that version of the Flash back. Yep, um, and gave him this crossover. beautiful, yeah, spoilers send off in um, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Absolutely, incredible. and it really instilled me with the confidence that Dean Cain was going to show up in that suit, <laughs> and then he didn't. <laughs> For reasons we won't go into. <laughs> but on Earth 2, he did. So on that absolutely, note. Absolutely. <laughs> Alan, thank you again for joining Thanks me. Thanks a million, Matt. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. But uh, everybody stick around another second or two to hear some news. But until then, I've been Matt Truex. I'm Alan Burke. Folk off, everybody. We'll see you next Bye. time. Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman will continue in a moment. So, hey, everybody. Ryan's back from New Krypton. I've arrived. I've returned um, with no powers, even though I tried really hard. But it's just hey. the same same me. Yeah, my, hair, it, my hair's long now, though. Your so. hair is long. Yeah. Again, yeah. It's it, we, we both kind of look like we did when we took the photo, like the shots for the show, which is fun. You've got the longer hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, with a few with a few COVID pounds added. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On both ends, yes. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, and the fact that we're both, that you're back home, we're both stuck inside, do you, do you think you want to talk about Lois and Clark again on microphone soon? You know, that's why I'm here. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I've been thinking a lot about it seriously. You know, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and just really trying to, to, uh, be, be honest with myself. And uh-huh. so, um, yeah, I, I do. I do want to keep doing this. So you really, Oops. really threw me for a loop there. Now, a, a little, little pig behind the curtain here. I'd like to say on microphone and have you admit to it that you brought this up. Yeah, I, I asked for this. You, you know? initiated this. So with that in mind, uh, starting in the first week of March, I don't know what day, we'll figure it out. Starting in the first week of March, you will hear our coverage of season three. We're going to be back um, every other week uh, for a little while. Um, we're, you know, it, we're rusty, as you can hear. So we're, we're just kind of like trying to build up uh, the stocks again. We were never good at it when we were doing this in person every week. So we'll see how we do. But you'll be hearing from us every other week for a while. Uh, when that changes, we'll let you know. But the important thing is we're doing episode by episode coverage of ABC's and WB Television's Loves and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, once again together and i am so thankful for it dude and cannot wait to get back to this with you yeah man i i'm very excited uh i've i've been frustrated that we weren't able to finish it the first go around because of unforeseen for- circumstances but now that we have the opportunity i i definitely want to wrap it up it was never my intention to just do half of a podcast and leave all you guys hanging um so for those of you who are still listening thanks for sticking around oh my and, god uh, yes 
I'm just, I'm just so excited to be back, Matt. Thank you for holding down the fort and continuing to do all these different guest episodes and engaging with the the audience um, and and the, the socials. And um, I just, I'm, I'm stoked that we can keep doing this. And I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I'm glad that we can provide this for the fans. I wish we could have done it sooner in COVID because there's so little to do. I'm sure my podcast would have been nice. We could have been done. Yeah, I know. I know we also could be done with it, but, um, but I'm, I'm happy to be doing it, man. And, and it's nice. It's nice to be back. And, and yeah. yeah. Me too. You know, what's funny too, that um, just real quick before, because now we're just doing a mini episode. We took a break right when Lois and Clark started streaming on the DC universe app. And That's as right. of, a month ago by the time this comes out it's done dc universe app doesn't exist anymore <laughs> so we literally took a hiatus on like the perfect time to have that's, done this show that's really disappointing <laughs> to learn right now in this i know moment. i'm very hopeful that it winds up on uh hbo max shortly oh, yeah. Th- yeah. it seems like every month basically they're gonna poop a little bit more from dcu on yeah. hbo yeah. max okay so okay. we'll see but that's so that's just <laughs> it, hilarious. it occurred to me yesterday <laughs> i just i love that that's so funny also like another lois and clark not lois and clark superman and lois the show is starting on the cw so instead of being timely and talking about that we're coming back to talk about the old show just in time so it's great yeah have you watched the new one at all has it come out it's not out yet as of okay. as of this recording it will be by the time by the time yeah. we record 304, I I might have seen the pilot. Okay, we'll cool. We'll, we'll talk yeah. then. then. I, I'll definitely I'll do a segment on it because it's, I mean, that show can't exist, especially that title can't exist without this show. It's, yeah, I mean, it yeah, sounds like something we should do a side episode on. So if we you might, want, yeah, I can you know, watch like, it too, but I'll let you watch it first and tell me if it's worth it. So we're going to do an episode with, with Zach's podcast. You know, he's got kind of the Superman stuff. when they do something specific that i think we should we'll take a break from our old metropolis and we'll come in with with an episode on that for sure cool cool Cool. sounds good sounds Um, good anyway dude cannot wait i'm so glad you're back i'm so glad to do this again um all right but get ready to to stretch for this one um you do the honors too at the end of this okay 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 for lois and clark i'm metro x and i'm ryan albertson Folk off, everybody.